Each year, it is my privilege to produce for you more than 200 Cato Daily podcasts featuring Cato scholars, outside experts, journalists, lawmakers, and others with interesting things to say. And at Cato, we accept no government money. We are entirely funded by private citizens and organizations. That means both Cato and the Cato Daily Podcast are completely dependent on your support. To keep the Cato Daily Podcast strong and growing, we've launched a new podcast sponsor program for this holiday season. Any and all donations to support the podcast are most appreciated, but at the $1,000 level of support, you'll become a Cato patron sponsor, which means you'll receive all the benefits of patron sponsorship. Additionally, unless you object, I'll personally thank you on the podcast. Cato is a 501c3 charitable organization, which means that your gift is tax-deductible to the fullest extent allowed by law. To learn more, visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor. That's cato.org slash podcast sponsor. And as always, thank you for listening. This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, December 28, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. What will financial regulation look like in 2018? What should it look like? Cato adjunct scholar Bert Ely discusses many of the burdens on banks imposed by the Patriot Act and the Dodd-Frank Act. He says they'll be tweaked, but probably won't go away entirely. Dodd-Frank, the 2010... uh financial reform legislation made a a bunch of very huge changes to the financial regulatory system. It created the CFPB, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. It changed the way banks look at what they have to hold in terms of uh, cash or assets uh, against uh, loans that they have out there. What are the the things that are likely to go away in Dodd-Frank that 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 really need to happen in your view? Well, I think the thing that's important to keep in mind is that whatever regulatory reform legislation Congress passes, and I think there's a good chance that something will happen early next year, uh, that uh, what we'll see is really kind of tweaking of uh, Dodd-Frank. Uh, some have said we ought to blow it away altogether. That simply is not going to happen. So we're going to see adjustments that um, – deal with uh, uh, capital regulation. Uh, we'll see some uh, changes in, uh, in in some aspects of the consumer protection laws, particularly as it relates to uh, home mortgage lending. And we'll see regulatory burdens lifted a little bit for not just uh, relatively small community banks, but also for uh, mid-sized banks. Okay. So under Dodd-Frank, um, big banks and little banks were treated in, in much the same way uh, when it comes to certain things? They they were, and then uh, a lot of rules really more appropriate for large banks were applied to uh, community banks and to mid-sized banks, and that's where you're going to see an easing of the rules. So, what has what has been the result of the uh, those more stringent uh, regulations placed on small banks? The result has been basically uh, much tougher. Uh, obligations on management to comply with the rules and consequently much more expense in doing so. And so one of the uh, intents here is to try and reduce regulatory burden 
and not just the cost of complying with regulations, but also uh, the penalties that can be associated with violating what are sometimes very complicated rules. Basically, try and simplify life for community banks. Okay, so for community banks, what did that practically look like? What did the the regulatory burden? How did it manifest itself in a, in a very in ways that people can really understand? Basically, it meant that banks, uh, particularly smaller banks, had to devote more resources and personnel to understanding the rules and then implementing the rules and following them day to day. Okay. And so how does that change their ability to to engage in lending practices and things like that? Well, first of all, it increased uh, their expenses, but also where it may have had its uh, greatest impact is on lending for home mortgages and also for consumer lending of uh, basically putting more rules in place and making it uh, – taking away a lot of the flexibility that bankers had to meet customer needs. Okay. So less discretion for bankers to to issue loans? Less discretion and more hurdles to uh, clear, more hoops to jump through in order to uh, uh, make a loan, particularly home mortgage loans. That's where a lot of the complaints were with regard to home mortgage lending. Okay. So what are some of the other elements of regulatory reform that we ought to see, in your view, in 2018? Well, uh, first of all, I hope that we will see simpler uh, capital and liquidity requirements for community banks, and then also a raising of some of the arbitrary dollar amounts, at at which point larger banks get subject to uh, more strenuous uh, requirements with regard to capital and liquidity requirements. Uh, In Dodd-Frank, there are just a lot of arbitrary dollar amounts. They're basically going to be increased. Okay. So um, when I looked at uh, years ago with, with some people here at the Cato Institute, the requirements of holdings and the different kinds of things a bank could hold as uh, collateral. Some of those were, I don't mean to make it sound like this, but they seemed literally insane to me. Well, there's still a lot of insanity uh, remaining. And I think the intent of the the regulatory reform legislation is to reduce that, uh, particularly for uh, smaller and mid-sized banks. Like, for for example, and I'm I'm thinking of if you were to hold Greek debt – uh, on your books, that counted differently than some very uh, venerable, reputed corporation. Well, that makes actually maybe right? like, some... like you would you would be incentivized to hold debt from countries that, uh, frankly, were not uh, not doing very well. Well, first of all, community banks don't hold that kind of debt to the extent that. Uh, uh, banks are, are lending to, let's say, countries like Greece or Argentina. Uh, it's very few. It's only the very largest. That's not the kind of thing I think is the issue. It's really more a matter of uh, all the hurdles and burdens and costs imposed on uh, particularly community banks, but ultimately banks of all sizes, just lending within America for home mortgages, consumer loans, uh, business lending, and so forth. Uh, John Allison, a former head here at the Cato Institute, former president of BB&T uh, Bank, he always uh, made a point of saying that the Patriot Act was a very significant financial regulation. And is, is there any hope that some of the elements that are built into the Patriot Act will go away uh, with respect to banking? Uh, not that I know of. 
the Patriot Act is uh, uh, legislation that lies outside the scope of what will be addressed uh, in the financial regulatory reform legislation. John is exactly uh, right. But um, this bill is aimed more at, uh, number one, trying to reduce the so-called safety and soundness burdens for banks, particularly community banks, and then to uh, provide greater flexibility with regard to uh, consumer lending. There are many other aspects of regulations that apply to banks, such as what we call the Bank Secrecy Act and money laundering and so forth, that will not be affected by this legislation. Bert Ely is an adjunct scholar at the Cato Institute. As we approach the end of 2017, consider supporting the Cato Podcast and the broad mission of the Cato Institute by joining our new podcast sponsor program. Visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor and learn more of the benefits of sponsorship. That's cato.org slash podcast sponsor.